Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Talking too much, technically not a bad thing when your entire job is talking. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. I can't wait to talk too much, Joe, for the next two hours with my microphone in my hand because I currently do not have a mic stand with me. It's going to be a good To give time. the people context, Amber Wilson said she was going to go to a destination. I won't name that destination. You can name it if you would like to. Well, I mean, it's the great state of, of, of Colorado. I, I don't think go. people are really going to be able to like hunt me down if I just get I didn't want to dox you. As Maybe they I won't say. get the address. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to dox you there. She's in Colorado. We had been hearing about this trip. None of us really paid much attention because we hear about a lot of trips that don't materialize. But this one did. <laughs> And she forgot half her gear, so she's walking around like it's a TED Talk, holding a microphone, speaking into it like Tony Robbins. So uh should be a very motivational show today. I have traveled a whole lot with my radio equipment. I have never forgotten anything, not a piece of it. Today, somehow, at four in the morning when I was getting ready uh, for this trip, the finalizing of the packing, I guess I forgot to throw my mic stand in. So we are <laughs> up and running. I am a mic- microphone in hand. Uh, that's how it will be. For the next two hours, we have a ton of NFL news to unpack. Let's start with the breaking news from the Baltimore Ravens, which they made the long-expected move of placing the franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson the team surprisingly used the non-exclusive tag I feel like that's really the story here Joe that makes this so interesting because we knew on yesterday's show that it seemed like they were headed towards tagging him they said we're going to tag him if we don't reach a deal they've been trying to reach a long-term deal with Lamar for 25 months it seemed unlikely they were going to do it in the last 24 hours nevertheless we didn't know what tag they were going to use they used the non-exclusive tag that's uh, just over 32 million dollars this season if he plays for them but the key is he can engage in contract talks with other teams starting on Monday they can present an offer sheet Baltimore will have an opportunity to match it or get two first round picks in return this story has gotten a lot more complicated since that news broke but let's just start there with them using the non-exclusive on them I think it's fascinating because it feels like it could be a dangerous game. You hit him with the exclusive, it's like the highest level of respect, right? It's $45 million. You can't negotiate with anyone. We are trying to get a deal done with you. We love you. We're just using this as a mechanism for leverage so we can hopefully get a deal done. Lamar Jackson is just the third NFL quarterback in history to win the MVP award and then eventually get hit with the franchise tag. The other two, Steve Young... You may have heard of him, and Peyton Manning, both of which went on to sign long-term deals. So if history is on Jackson's side, that could be a good thing, but those guys weren't asking for fully guaranteed contracts. That would be the one where it's like, all right, we all understand. This one, where someone else now has an opportunity to come in and dance with your date and possibly pull him away from you, it's fascinating that the Ravens would be willing to allow this to happen. My initial thought 
with the non-exclusive tag is that the Ravens have made a great offer to Jackson, that they are confident they've got the best offer, and they're going to put this tag on him so he can go out, talk to other teams, and find out the grass isn't greener. Now, whether he would want to take less to get out of Baltimore, they could then match that offer. But I don't know if you'd want to, because if you match the offer and he doesn't want to play for you, what happens then? I mean, you still have to figure out how to be cordial with one another. You have to work together. You can't be in a situation where you match the offer, he doesn't get to go where he wanted to, and now he's stuck playing for you and everybody's miserable, right? Like, that's not going to lead to championships. Right, that's not going to lead to championships, although it has never seemed about anything other than money to me with these Lamar Jackson negotiations because we have watched him over the last 25 months go out there absent a postseason here, which he may or may not have been healthy for. But before that, for the preceding 25 months before that, uh, he was out there. He was playing for them. He said at every turn that the contract negotiations had nothing to do with him trying to essentially stick it to them and not show up for anything. I mean, he was involved. He was showing up. He was playing. He was going out there on a fifth-year deal on a rookie contract for a player of his caliber that was frankly unheard of. And because of all of that, it felt like the whole way through, Joe, that they had a pretty good relationship. And the Ravens always, at every turn, also said all the right stuff, right? They always said, we're going to get a deal done. You know, we're working towards one. We feel good about where our talks are with Lamar. I mean, this thing has gone on for two years. We've been hearing about this and talking about this here on ESPN. And the entire time, the two sides have maintained publicly, at least, a decent relationship, again, absent this past postseason, It leads me to believe that it was about money. It's not about Lamar wanting to get out of Baltimore, right? It's about money. And so if the money is there, then maybe the feelings can pass. Even if the money comes in a way that Lamar didn't anticipate, whether it's the Ravens matching an offer sheet or him realizing that the market isn't what he thought it was going to be and that the Ravens do have the best deal. That's what it's going to end up being, in my opinion. That's why the Ravens are willing to roll the dice here. They don't want to lose them. Like, we're going to talk about the Giants later in this show paying $40 million a year to Daniel Jones. And there's a reason for that. They probably can't get anybody better. The Ravens most certainly can't get anybody better. You've got Lamar Jackson. He's a former MVP. Yes, he gets hurt a little bit. There's some durability concerns, but the guy is electric. He wins games. He makes you better. Look at your offense with him versus without him. It tells you everything you need to know. I think they, and from reports that we saw last year, they had offered more guaranteed money than Kyler Murray got with Arizona, which basically makes the deal number two behind only Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. They have tried to explain to Jackson that the Watson deal is an outlier. That is a deal that is made for a a bad team that is going to hinder everything moving forward because they were desperate and they made that deal with Watson. They're not going to make a bad deal just because Cleveland did it. And I think you're going to see this with Burrow and Cincinnati, and you're going to see it with the Chargers and Herbert. No one is going to want to follow that blueprint. Jackson, unfortunately, is going to have to realize that at some point. But when he does, Baltimore probably has an incredible offer on the table for him. I don't think they're lowballing him. I think they're offering him the best possible deal. It's just not the Watson deal, and that's why they can't get it done. There does seem to be this attitude from those of us behind the mic, right, where we love to spend other people's money because it's an easy thing to do. And so a lot of people on our airways all day and for the last 25 months have been like, hey, he's got an MVP. He's incredible. Pay him whatever, right? And it's like, all right, we'll pay him whatever. But if all of a sudden it 
it was your money and you have to pony up 250 million into an escrow account up front because it's guaranteed dollars and you have a team in a sport with a salary cap all of a sudden that whole pay him whatever thing would probably start feeling a lot different if you're the owner of the Baltimore Ravens it's not necessarily that he's not spectacular at a certain point though business is business and I don't know if the Browns did good business with Deshaun Watson even though Deshaun Watson at one point was a top five quarterback in the league and Deshaun Watson a young quarterback like Lamar Jackson with a, an incredible skill set of athleticism like Lamar Jackson. And so we'll see what happens to that Browns franchise because they handed him that money. The Ravens have seen trepidatious in terms of them going down that path, and maybe they feel like no one else is going to go down that path. There's a lot of teams, though, that we thought would be in on the pursuit of Lamar Jackson that apparently are not. The reports coming out since the Ravens tagged Lamar Jackson are becoming really, really surprising. We are going to get into that. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Surprise number one was that the Ravens used the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. Surprise number two is that it felt like half the teams in the NFL immediately came out and publicly said, we're not pursuing Lamar Jackson. So things got odd here over the last few hours when you consider we are talking about a player that was an MVP. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So Field Yates came out and he had tweeted out, Joe, teams that reportedly will not be pursuing a deal with Lamar Jackson include the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Raiders. Now, confusing because those are five teams 
that we thought would be at the top of the list in terms of their pursuit of Lamar Jackson. So that was odd. Now there's some conflicting reports. Diana Rossini has come out and said, well, maybe not so fast in terms of the Raiders. I know Jeff Darlington had earlier in the day said that the Dolphins are very committed to Tua, that Mike McDaniel thinks Tua is the perfect quarterback to run his system. So they are not interested in Lamar Jackson. We were hearing these leaks. We heard that the Falcons were not interested in Lamar Jackson earlier. And then these teams kind of all started piecing things together. What was odd, though, is that it happened so quickly and so publicly that everybody was so out on Lamar Jackson right away. And considering the caliber of player we're talking about, and the position we're talking about, it was confusing. Well, I think there's a way to sort through some of this, because on one hand, we're a society that really wants to look for a good conspiracy theory at every turn. As soon as some of these teams said no, everyone starts claiming collusion. How is it possible so many teams could say no to such a talented player? Well, let's just spin that around and look at it the other way. You're going to come out and say yes? What kind of idiot businessman would come out and be like, oh, yeah, we're all the way in? Oh, wait, Atlanta, you're in too? Okay, great. What about you, Raiders? You're in too? Okay, and Washington, you're in as well? All right, good. So what we've got is at least eight teams that are in. We can all start bidding against each other like morons and give this guy $2 billion guaranteed. This is the time of year when everybody's lying. You're lying about draft position. You're lying about what you're interested in, what you're not interested in. It's all a big shell game here. So some teams are saying they're out. Well, let's remember... All of these reporters do an excellent job here at ESPN. The first thing they're going to do after you have a scenario in which Lamar gets hit with the non-exclusive tag, they're going to reach out to their sources and say, hey, are you interested? Because no matter what the answer is, it's a story. If you say yes, it's a story. If you say no, it's a story. So a bunch of teams said no. Well, let's look at the teams. Atlanta says no. Well, right now, people think they're committed to Desmond Ritter. You want to crap all over that right away? You think um, that's that? I, I, I understand it. For, I think that that is what's happening with the Dolphins, for example, because, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I can tell you, like, having watched this team very closely for many years, they did it to Tua with Deshaun Watson. They did it to Tua with Tom Brady. They don't end up with either of those guys. What does that psychologically do to Tua Tungavaloa? It didn't go well during Brian Flores' tenure in that regard. Mike McDaniel comes in. He immediately shows when he comes into the job his commitment to his quarterback. And you saw that building that confidence in Tua seemed to pay off this past season when he was, in fact, healthy. So I could see why the Dolphins organization, even though they were a little interested in Lamar, would be publicly coming out all over themselves pretending like Tua is the end-all be-all regardless frankly of what their other intentions might be Desmond Ritter though like I don't know if you had to play that game with Desmond Ritter the same way that you would have to with Tua at this point no you don't but let's just go down the path that you do originally with Tua it was probably okay if you didn't but like you just said that built up over years when they kept flirting with people and if you like Desmond Ritter in any regard Or if you're in Washington and you like Sam Howell in any regard, or you're in Tampa Bay and you like Kyle Trask in any regard, all of these teams have already kind of thrown their support behind their guys. Tampa Bay has has said Trask is the guy. Washington said that Sam Howell is the starter right now. Atlanta looks focused on Desmond Ritter. You can't come out like 10 days after you say that and then immediately say, yeah, we're in on Jackson. Because even if you are in on Jackson, you're not going to tell anyone that. Because if you do and you don't land him, then you got to go back to Ritter and explain, no, no, we have full confidence in you. We just wanted to see what was going on. It's very delicate, especially the first day of this. I would imagine that this list, Atlanta, Miami, Carolina, Washington, and the Raiders, although the Raiders are apparently no longer on this list, this list of no's, 
I would bet at least one of them is going to try to reach out to Jackson to see what he's interested in. If you're Washington, what are you doing? Why are you not interested? Because you have it figured out as an organization? Right. Well, I I think what's happening here, and this was my initial thought. The second he got hit with the non-exclusive instead of the exclusive, I thought, man, the Ravens know something. And I'm not saying that it's collusion and that it's nefarious, but I I am saying that these NFL owners run in the same circles, and they might have a pretty good idea that, hey, that whole 230 guarantee to Deshaun, that's not really something that anybody else is interested in doing right now. And so if you have a pretty good idea that nobody is willing to give Lamar Jackson the contract he wants, then maybe you also kind of know that a lot of these teams aren't even going to bother to try to play ball with him right now. And if that's the case, then you hit him with the non-exclusive because you're like, hey, buddy, good luck trying to go get something better. This is where the grass is green. It ain't greener on the other side. We've offered you a heck of a deal. Go ahead and figure that out. I feel like they knew that. And that's why they hit him with the non-exclusive. Like, they knew the market for Lamar wouldn't be as robust as maybe Lamar thought it was. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's any any sort of wrongdoing going on. But it could be as simple as a lot of these owners don't feel like paying $250 million guaranteed. Or it could be reasons like, yes, the Dolphins have Tua and they're about to pick up his fifth-year option, and why are we going to pivot and then have to pay, even if it's not 250 guaranteed, you're still going to have to pay Lamar something astronomical, right, and in terms of the guaranteed money, and that all counts against your cap, and maybe you feel like this isn't something we're in a position to do right now because we're dealing with our own situation. We'd rather do it for, through the draft in a couple of years if it doesn't work out with two. So there could be explanations, I guess is my point, for a bunch of these teams. I don't know if it's as simple as, it looks from the outside looking in because of how expensive Lamar Jackson is. Well, yeah. And then at the same time, the only option for another team to get Jackson isn't just to go ahead and make him an offer that the Ravens don't match. And then they send two first round picks to the Ravens. Bill Barnwell did a great job detailing this on ESPN's website today. You could arrange a sign in trade, like rather than try to do anything else, you could reach out to the Ravens and say, all right, look, We're going to talk to Jackson, and if we get the parameters of a deal done and you don't want to match or whatever, let's figure out different compensation that works for everyone. Like, that option's on the table, too. And if you're Atlanta or Carolina or Washington or any of these teams, and you come out on day one and say, yeah, we're absolutely in on Jackson, you're just tipping your hand and hurting yourself when it comes to leverage. It's just business. Like, the idea that there's this collusion, I can't speak for certainty that there isn't, but just because someone says no and another team says no, that doesn't mean they're all working together. You're you're certainly not going to say yes. What does saying yes have to do? How is that going to help you in any way? For all the people claiming collusion, explain that to me, and then I'll gladly walk this argument back. Well, it would be all the NFL owners meeting in a room and being like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to crash the market essentially for Lamar Jackson so that Deshaun Watson is the outlier and so that we can get some of the control back. Nobody can allow this to happen. If we allow this to happen, Joe Burrow is going to happen. Justin Herbert's going to happen. Jalen Hurts is going to happen. Everybody's going to happen. Everybody's going to want over $200 million guaranteed. We're going to have a real problem moving forward, even though the salary cap continues to increase. And so it would look something like that, those owners having that sort of conversation behind the scenes. I don't even know if that conversation is necessary, though. It could just be individual owners being like, you know what? That ain't going to happen here because I'm dealing with a salary cap and also what standard does this set moving forward if I do that for this guy? Joe and Amber, the podcast. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are going to get back to unpacking the Lamar Jackson situation in just a little bit. But first, Joe's going to do what he does best. Joe Fortenbaugh, the best thing he does is bring you the betting advice. Well, on the days that it's right anyways. Let's see if it's right today. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. I mean, there's probably some other good things you do. Like, you're probably a good dad and... Husband and all that, you know. Well, but. picks yesterday weren't very good. Zero and two, down two point four units for the day. Uh, overall, thirty five and thirty five plus nine units flat. So let's try to get back in the win column tonight, eight p.m. Eastern. We go to the ice. Calgary is plus one thirty over Minnesota. I think Calgary is priced way too high tonight, which is why we're going to play the Flames. Minnesota's won eight of nine, including beating up on the Flames three nothing on Saturday. Uh, they got nothing to worry about right now. They're cruising this season. Meanwhile, you got a Calgary team that's very desperate and fighting for a playoff spot. You back a team into a corner. You got to like their odds of at least coming out and fighting. They've lost 10 of 14, which is why they're plus 130 tonight. But look into that. Seven of those 10 losses were by exactly one goal. Four of those losses came in overtime. They have been extremely competitive as of late. It just hasn't broken their way. Law of averages, I think a few pucks bounced their way tonight. We'll take the plus 130 with Calgary over Minnesota. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. So I mentioned that we're going to get back to unpacking the Lamar Jackson situation. I mean, we haven't even gotten to to talk about potential teams that maybe could be stepping up to negotiate since all we've been hearing about is the teams that aren't. But first, we're going to get to some of the sounds that we've missed here over the last 24 hours. There are things going on in the world other than just Lamar Jackson. We know that there will be some big changes on the Dallas Cowboys roster this offseason. Admits all the talk about change or rumors that Dallas might be interested in Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins but is the feeling mutual? It seems like it might be. Here is Hopkins. What's going on, D? What's going on, Triple D? What's happening? I keep, I keep, hearing, I keep hearing y'all say my name around here. What's up? Talk to me. James Steele, he produces the show. Welcome in. All right. Thank you. Uh, so that that was DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he was... Uh, with Des, With Des Bryant, Bryant, it was on Des Bryant's live feed on Twitter. So, Joe, uh, what would it do? What would it? Uh, what would bringing in D Hop do for the Cowboys' chances of winning a Super Bowl? They get the lead on first take virtually every morning, right? <laughs> they get like that anyways. Be- you would be dominating from a media perspective, and yes, it gives yet another weapon to Dak Prescott. But 
That team had some O-line issues last year, and that once-vaunted offensive line has gotten old and banged up, so they might want to consider spending some more money there. I'd look at D. Hopkins, and I'd say, we don't really see all that much, man. You know, there's either a suspension or an injury. You know, a couple years ago, we saw you go for 1,400 yards. This past season in Arizona, 700 yards, three touchdowns. Like, the production hasn't been great, and he's on the other side of 30. So, depending on what that price tag is, which I believe it's quite a bit for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know. It feels like the best years of his career might be behind him now. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm convinced that they're not either. It it does give Dak somebody else in addition to CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, right? And and it's another weapon, and Dak certainly seemed to be missing some production there with the departure of Amari Cooper. Addition is better than subtraction. I don't know if it's necessary. I do think that there's some other positions, like Joe said, that maybe are more critical. And I don't know if he's the same caliber of player. Only 30 years old, though, so theoretically, he should still have quite a bit left in the tank, but it's been a bit tumultuous here for him the last couple years. I, I would say that overall, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd probably be excited about the prospect but in terms of actual production I'm not sure it necessarily puts them over the edge in terms of winning Super Bowls by any means. Todd McShay released his mock draft 3.0 today and just like Mel Kuyper's latest mock has all four of the top quarterbacks being taken within the first nine spots. Mel had an interesting comparison for the group of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud and Will Levis earlier today when he was on with Fitz and Harry. These quarterbacks are so close, you're really splitting hairs. Bryce Young is an outlier. I had to go back to 1982 draft with Jim McMahon to find somebody that was similar in terms of size. Jim McMahon was about six foot and a half, 190. So Jim McMahon, taller, but didn't have the weight, became a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's 1982, okay? That's the thing with Bryce Young. Can he maintain that weight throughout the year? After him, you're looking at C.J. Stroud as the safest one. He was at nearly 70% completion percentage over the last two years. He was phenomenal at the Combine. He had a great game against Georgia. And if you could bottle that performance against Georgia and carry that into the NFL where he didn't like fold up like a tent in some games in the pocket, then you got something. And I think Will Levis, I mean, this year I throw it out. He was hurt all year. 2021, he was outstanding. So I think you're really looking at a Eli Rivers, Roethlisberger scenario where I think I hope all these guys are really good. Amher, so uh, how good is this draft class going to be uh, quarterback-wise? Could it be as good as the Eli Rivers-Ben draft class? Of no. Of No, because statistically speaking, it ain't going to happen. And that's just the reality. And if it does happen, it's not going to be from the three guys that we expect it to happen with. Because that's just how these things go. I mean, frankly, it's probably inconceivable that all three of those guys are going to end up being spectacular quarterbacks. We did have a quarterback, or we did have a draft recently where three standouts come out of it, right? And Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So it's certainly possible to get three standouts from the same draft. But by the way, Jalen Hurts wasn't supposed to be one of the standouts coming out of that draft. That conversation was supposed to be to a tongue of a low up when we were talking about the three guys. And maybe Tua ends up turning into that in the future. Uh, obviously, durability has derailed things a bit. Maybe he'll end up being the fourth guy. But my point is, it's impossible to predict these drafts, even when we have a quarterback-heavy draft and several of them do work out. It's never the names, or at least not all of the names that you expect it to be. So statistically speaking, Joe, these three guys, and particularly the top four, they're not all going to pan out. That draft was wild. Imagine that draft happening in this day and age. 
You've got the number one pick getting on stage saying, no, I'm not playing for this team. So then the Chargers end up drafting, or the, the Giants end up drafting Phillip Rivers, and they arrange a trade, which you right. see in the NBA all the time, but not in the NFL. And then the other guy that goes comes from the Mac. Miami, Ohio, you never see a Mac quarterback going in the first round. That's insane. And they all To have that out. happen today would have been something else. I love the fact that Mel's hyping this QB class up because all I heard last year was, well, this isn't a great QB class, but next year, next year is going to be fantastic with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And yet here we are, and now everyone's saying, eh, it's not that great. Next year with Caleb Williams and Drake May, that's going to be the year. you got three good guys here. You've got guys that for three different reasons have shown you there's reason to be excited. C.J. Stroud, that game against Georgia, that's some of the best tape anyone's put out over the last year. Bryce Young, the work ethic, the production, the big plays in big games, and then Will Levis. Last season wasn't solid, but two seasons ago, he looked fantastic with Liam Cohen as his offensive coordinator and a really solid offensive line. So I think there's more reason for optimism than pessimism with this year's quarterback class. The Warriors, despite their injury woes and terrible 7-24 and record on the road, are right in the mix for one of the West's top six playoff spots. But Jalen Rose says if they're healthy, they can knock off anyone, including the Phoenix Suns. This is from This Justin. I talked about the Warriors' depth. That's what the Suns sacrificed in order to add KD. You mentioned Devin Book. You mentioned KD. Chris Paul, they have to figure out his dynamic to still play at his elite best. But here's what I'll say. They have a chance to face each other in the first round. And if they face each other in the first round and the Warriors are healthy, I'm picking Golden State, Max, because the Suns have not had a chance to jail just yet. Joe, in a seven-game series, would you be betting on a healthy Warriors team or a healthy Suns team? Got to see the pricing. Got to see the pricing because I have a feeling the Warrior line would offer some value. It doesn't right now in terms of the futures. The books are not going to be caught with their pants down because given what we've seen from the Warriors, how they've produced and where they stand, sitting around 5-1 to one to win the West, that would not happen unless you have the pedigree they have. Basketball IQ, experience, second-half execution, execution in crucial spots down the stretch. Nobody's better. Some of these teams can't figure out how to manage the last two minutes of games. They blow it left and right, and you're going to see it a lot with madness right around the corner because it happens in college more than you could possibly imagine. But with the Warriors, that's where they're at their absolute best. So if they're healthy, one rule I learned covering them for years, you never discount them. Under any circumstance, you never discount them. At some point, the Warriors' window is going to be closed. At some point. I thought we were already at that point, and that came back to bite me last season, right? So I don't know if I'm going to make that mistake again yet. It will happen at some point. I don't know if we're quite there. I also don't know if I believe that they'll be fully healthy because I think that is, that's typically how a window starts closing in the NBA. But in this hypothetical scenario where both teams are fully and completely healthy, I don't think it is an odd take to go with a team that's won a bunch of championships together over the team that just came together 10 seconds ago. I don't think that's a crazy take, frankly. That Suns team obviously looks good. Kevin Durant looks like he's on a mission. Kevin Durant has the championships fine, but the rest of that team doesn't. And for that reason, I don't think it's that crazy to choose the team that does. Now, again, I'm not saying that the Warriors are going to be healthy or be in that situation to truly be competing with the Suns, but time will tell. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next... 
We'll get back to Lamar Jackson. You can let us know what you think about the Ravens putting the non-exclusive on him. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Lamar Jackson will be able to start negotiating with teams not named the Baltimore Ravens on Monday. We are going to get back to who those teams may be in just moments. But first, another pizza money headed your way. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. To the association we go, 8.40 p.m. Tip time, Mavericks Jazz over 238 total points. This opened at 234.5 and was bet up to 238, and for very good reason. In the 11 games Dallas has played since trading away their best defender in Dorian Finney-Smith, those 11 games have averaged a grand total of 241.4 points per game. They score a lot, and they don't stop anybody. Utah, 23rd in defensive efficiency, 12th in pace. I don't see them bucking the trend with the Mavericks tonight. Pizza money number two, Dallas, Utah, over 238 points. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. They're saying, all right, we can't find compromise, so you go ahead and see if that deal's out there. And if it is, and you come back to us, you know, maybe we'll match it. Maybe we'll say, you know, you were right, we were wrong, and come back to us and everything will be fine. The non-exclusive tag does not mean Lamar Jackson is not going to be a Baltimore Raven. It does mean Lamar Jackson can go negotiate with other teams when Monday rolls around and see if he can get a better offer than the one that the Baltimore Ravens have currently made to him. If he does, then the Ravens still have the opportunity to match it. And maybe from the Ravens' thought process, they figure, hey, go ahead And we don't think that you're going to get an offer better than ours. But if you do, maybe they end up still stepping up to the plate and matching it at that point because they figure, all right, this is what the market says that you're worth. And so we heard, Joe, about these teams immediately off the bat once we heard about the non-exclusive tag that are not reportedly interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson, the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders, all teams that we would have expected to be in the pursuit of Lamar Jackson. So let's talk about who might actually be in the pursuit of Lamar Jackson. Let's assume that those reports are correct, right? Which, again, it's it's lion season, like Joe said. So who knows? What's, we're already hearing conflicting reports when it comes to the Raiders. But let's assume that those teams are out. What teams could then be in? Because... It ain't going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. There's, there are several teams in the league that don't need a quarterback, so we can also take them off the list. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's out. Cincinnati's out. The Chargers are out. The Chiefs are out. You don't need me to go any further on that. You get it. The Eagles are out. Cowboys are out. So if you eliminate Atlanta, Miami, Carolina, and Washington, which I cannot believe Washington would not want to be all the way in on this, but so be it, Washington. That's how you do your business then who are the teams that make sense because they have a need and because they possibly have the money? Top of the list, New York Jets. But do we want to go ahead and rule them out because they're hot and heavy for Aaron Rodgers? They got a whole contingent of people on Woody Johnson's private plane heading to California to meet with them. I think that it appears, at least with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is target number one right now. If the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't happen, could they be pivoting to target two, three, four, five, six? I would imagine so because – 
it's like the opposite of what we talked about when we talked about the Dolphins and and to a lesser extent, maybe with Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, these other teams that have a quarterback in place, right? Like a young quarterback and you're trying to beef up their confidence. And so you don't necessarily want to publicly go after the guy. Well, the Jets have gone as publicly after the guy as they possibly can. And also Derek Carr before that. And so if they whiff on Aaron Rodgers, it stands to reason they still need to go out and get set. Like, like Zach Wilson at this point, there ain't no protecting his field. Frankly, there was no protecting his feelings when he got benched for Mike White last year. And so at this point, they're going to be pursuing other quarterbacks. Now, maybe that's a Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe it's a Lamar Jackson. Right now, they're not on the list. So I think we can knock them off. Next one on the list would be the Indianapolis Colts. Desperate need for a quarterback. The last yes. three years have not been pretty. It's gone from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. They're sitting at draft position number four. They have the need. Maybe they inquire, but I have got to feel, got to feel like this organization is saying to themselves, we're done with the veterans. We want to get a rookie in here that we like. We want to make him the face of the future, and we want to build. Because the last two times they did that, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, seemed like they had a hell of a lot of success. So I think they're going the draft route. What say you? I think that they're going the draft route as well. And that does have to be a consideration with some of these teams where they're looking at the landscape of the NFL and they're saying, if we really want to win championships, our best route to do that is with a quarterback on a rookie deal. And if we feel like we're a few years away anyways, then there's no point in paying the veteran and also paying him the most money that anybody would have ever paid him, which is what he's pursuing. Anybody would have ever paid any player in the NFL, which is what he's actually pursuing. Even if he doesn't end up being the highest paid, even if it's still Deshaun Watson, he's going to be somewhere close to that. And so I can understand a lot of these teams looking at the landscape of it with the salary cap. They don't have the right weapons. There's no point in us giving that money to Lamar. Let's go ahead and build it through the draft too many pieces away. I feel like Indianapolis might be one of those teams. Tampa Bay has a very good defense. They have a needed quarterback. They've said they like Kyle Trask. Maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe it isn't. The problem for Tampa is that they're $57 million over the cap and they've got to get that organized in one week's time. There'd be an ability to restructure deals, but ultimately I don't know if they'd be able to swing it financially. Does Tampa make sense? I think Tampa makes sense. I think Tampa makes sense and should be in the pursuit of several of these options that have been floated out there, and yet we didn't hear them in pursuit at all, right, of Aaron Rodgers or even of Derek Carr. And so I don't know. that. I think Tampa might be looking at their situation, like you just said, over the cap. Maybe they do believe in Kyle Trask. I have no idea. We saw so little of him when he was sitting behind Tom Brady. I mean, he was the third string behind Tom Brady this past season in Tampa. So it's possible that they actually believe in him and they figure, hey, we've got a guy on a, on a very cheap deal. We're already so far over the cap. Why are we going to pivot and go pay Lamar? I do think they are one of those teams, though, that has, a, a, like you said, a defense in place where they're not so many pieces away. And so, theoretically speaking, if you bring in the right quarterback, you know, we saw it a couple of years ago with Tampa, maybe it w- would work out again. Let's go rapid fire. The Chicago Bears, they've got the money. No, too many pieces away. doesn't make sense. Also, Justin Fields. Houston, number two overall Too pick. Too many pieces away. Doesn't make sense. You're, you're taking it through the draft. Tennessee. Pair him up with Derrick Henry. 
So now we're talking. And now is Derrick Henry being traded? Because that's the news we got yesterday is that they were pursuing trade talks. I don't trade away Derrick Henry if I'm trying to bring in Lamar Jackson because Jackson's going to need the help in the backfield. Uh, I don't hate that. I thought that Tennessee should be in pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. But again, there is a cap situation there in Tennessee, and that's not going to make things easy for the pursuit of Rodgers or Lamar. At least with Lamar, you can, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, maybe you can restructure his deal as well. But at least with Lamar, you're starting fresh in terms of the structuring of the deal. Right now, AR. Do you is understand the definition million. of rapid fire? This right, is not a can't TED rapid talk. fire this, man. There's too much. New England. I think New England's interesting. Do you? They don't have any weapons. That's the problem. They don't have any weapons. You're going to go from a Baltimore team where you don't have receivers to a New England team where you don't, but you'd be working with Belichick. Right. Although, is Lamar Jackson a Belichick quarterback? I don't know. Detroit. Jared no, Goff. I mean, Jared Goff showed enough this past season. I don't think you need to pay that kind of money right now. They're arguing about it in Minnesota. Do you move on from Kirk Cousins? Yeah, and pay another guy a ton of money. I mean, that's interesting, actually. Minnesota, I don't hate that idea. I thought about it. I forgot about the Vikings. I, well, the Vikings are an interesting one, but the, defensively, they are a mess. Uh, and then final, I'll throw, I'll throw this one at you. I don't know if they can squeeze it financially, but San Francisco. Well, and San Francisco doesn't have the first rounder, so there's an issue there in this upcoming draft with not being able to have those talks with Lamar until after the draft. There's so much to unpack with this Lamar situation. We'll get more into it next. Joe and Amber, the podcast.